0: hello and welcome back to another episode of below the dot podcast bitch you (laughs) just said i'm not gonna say this wrong and here we are oh my goodness Welcome back to Below the Dot podcast, where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi the Next Generation every Throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I am your co host, Terry McGregor. I'm your other host, Chris Sharp. <laughs> and today we are recapping the season four premiere, a two part episode titled Ghosts in the Machine. But before we get into our usual segment of trivia for Terry, I want to take, or we want to take a moment, rather. To include a trigger warning regarding today's episode as it covers sensitive topics.
1: Yes, I had a really cute like rhyme that I said in one of the old episodes and I can't remember what it is and I'm so mad at myself. Oh, here it is. I want you guys to all be aware so you can take care that this episode covers sexual assault. It is regarding follow-up for Paige's storyline from last season, so we do love to see some continuity. However, if you do find that subject or storyline triggering to you, this would be a good episode for you to tune out after trivia and tune back in next week, assuming there's no trigger warning next week. Honestly, I don't even have any idea, so we'll get there when we get there.
0: There you have it. Welcome back, friends. Uh, We're already on season four. This is wild. We were talking about this before we got on here, and before we get into trivia i just want to say this is wild we're here and lots more to go and it's also a year anniversary of the podcast in general so shout out to us this is wild i don't know if i've done anything this consistently on the side wow didn't require me to like you know like you gotta go to work because you gotta like survive but this has been like a great creative outlet for me and we've done it for a year and doesn't pay us (laughs) At all. We're still waiting for those AdSense to come in. Maybe it's because we cuss or I cuss or maybe it's because we use audio from the show. Either way, thank you for being here a year later and to all our new followers and listeners, welcome.
1: Yes, thanks, friends. All right, so we'll start off with trivia, which I have six questions because why not stump you
0: this week? Oh, goodness. Okay, here we go.
1: How much did the love
0: mobile cost? Oh, um, is it? Is it 2700 You go, girl. You wow. Go. I just want to say I remember that because my first car cost 1000 less than that. And I, I think that's why I remember the price. <laughs> Look
1: at you. How many hours did Spinner work to save up for his car?
0: Oh, man. 300 and something? 386 There Close. we go.
1: Which holiday is Dylan moving on? Labor Day. Very good. I was thinking that even if you didn't know, like you could know by like knowing which which fraternity is Dean pledging. Man, I had to dig for this one because I don't know Greek letters.
0: Yeah, I'm not even. I'm gonna embarrass myself if I even guess. I feel like it's uh... (laughs) a
1: Psi Alpha Mu.
0: Yeah, no, I was gonna embarrass myself. Who did Jimmy see in L.A.? Mandy Moore.
1: He did. Look at you. (laughs) And where is Caitlin currently located?
0: I laughed at this freaking video message, too. That's why I don't know where she is. Is she in Thailand or?
1: She is. Wow. Wow. I'm going to give you the 300 and something because that was still good. You got five out of six.
0: Wow. I'm on a freaking roll today. You see what happens when you work hard for a year? (laughs) I'm
1: so proud of you. I'm happy.
0: I'm so excited. You got any tidbits? Yes, I do have a little tidbit. So as we mentioned, or as I mentioned a few seconds ago, this is a new season. And with the new season, we actually get a a new rendition, rather, of the opening theme song. Let's see who sings it. Apparently, it is sung by an artist named Jackalope. And it is not as, according to this Degrassi Wiki here, it's not as in-depth- as or it doesn't go in depth with the lyrics as much as it did for seasons one through three so it's like a new rendition It's someone else singing it um and then honestly we get a different instrumental remix of this version for season six so i think eventually they just started to phase out the fact that we have like the original theme song and now there's just like renditions of it until we end degrassi next generation apparently
1: yes I do have a fun fact. You know, I I talk about how much I love uh, Instant Star, which was also produced by the same people as Degrassi. Alex Johnson from Instant Star, who starred as Jude in Instant Star, sings one of the Degrassi theme songs.
0: (gasps) That's cool. Wow. Not this one, but another one. Yes. Let's see. So we get this new one in season four an instrumental in season six another instrumental remix in season seven and then a new one season eight it's still always whatever it takes to some degree though (laughs) like they haven't let go of that at all yes that's cool they literally even have whatever the theme or opening song was for Degrassi goes to Hollywood because it was sung by Cassie Steele (laughs) but yeah that's Honestly, I think that's the only tidbit that I had for today. So new season, new song, new Degrassi cast. Everyone's grown. So I'm ready to get into this episode when you are because the summer has done a lot for everybody here.
1: All right. So let's talk real quick. So new season, new us a little bit. I'm going to change my recaps a little bit and that usually I would go back and forth between B plot and A plot. This time I'm going to start summarizing B plot and then I'm going to summarize the A plot and we're going to come back and wrap things up. This is a two part episode though, which means that I'm going to summarize the B plot for the first episode, A plot first episode, B plot second episode, A plot second episode. Because sometimes I just find that, that it's hard to find a breaking point and doing mm-hmm. the recaps, it's like we do so much, especially because the A-plot can be so much. And it's nice because it allows us to give sometimes the heavier topics the palate cleanse it needs. But yeah. we're going to see how this new format goes. I have a couple of episodes recapped like this already. So if we find that like by season six, we're like, that actually sucked. And then <laughs> by season seven, when I start doing my recaps again, I'll go ahead and change it. with that being said we are going to start by opening up with our b plot emma and chris broke up in july kendra and toby broke up in august which we know because terry told us that was the last time he saw kendra last season and liberty broke up with towers who if you know you know and if you don't know tower the actor who played towers lost his job due to showing up late all the time all of that happened over labor day weekend so the black hole characters are vanishing one by one mm-hmm. jt and manny are still together but are they going strong we'll find out also new character alert danny i think yeah mm-hmm. yeah yes danny is at Degrassi this year who is danny he's liberty's brother somebody decorated craig's locker for his birthday and i'm gonna need you to tell me why did craig think it was ashley
0: yeah, it clearly they haven't talked over the entire summer, more than likely. So why do you think she likes you all of a sudden?
1: <laughs> uh, what did somebody say me to me the day that men are always taking people's last nerve? So which is why they always have so much of it.
0: You know, that would make sense. I've never heard anything more accurate than that. <laughs> Didn't did was she the one that decorated his locker last? Or was that cassie or was that manny i thought it was manny right which why would you even think he's so stupid all right so <laughs> marco's
1: at school in a full suit turns out marco <laughs> decorated craig's locker i don't even like i didn't understand where we were going with this um now craig is on tv to wish craig a happy 16th birthday it was like a little tv she made a video so not like
0: on tv anywhere <laughs> video message is so so, like, random. Like,
1: watching it i truly thought i was like damn did caitlin die because it was really
0: dramatic like it was some sort of this is my last message <laughs> right that's how yeah. i got that that is so funny and it's just funny to think too that like facetime and skype was not a thing yet back then because it would have been so much easier she had to make a whole video
1: the most and i probably <laughs> wouldn't have done that at all i don't care about you that much but okay go on. For Craig's birthday, he received $10,000 from his father's estate, but he has to wait until he's 18 to receive the full inheritance. The next day at school, Ashley decides that she's speaking to Daddy Warbucks, Craig. Mm. Ashley gets very interested in Craig when she finds out about his dad's gift, and she tells Craig he could have a lot of fun with that money. Why does Mm. Ashley somehow convince Craig to buy a $4,000 guitar? Because his dad, who he received the estate from, would have hated it. It's just, it's so stupid, but, like, 16. So, like, stupid.
0: Yeah. It adds up, but it's also, like... I don't know how these like on the back end this type of stuff works but like I know Joey ends up having a conversation with Craig about like what to do with it and to not be stupid with his money but it's almost like you probably should never even told him how much it was (laughs) like not that you shouldn't give it to him but him knowing that he has ten thousand dollars disposable to him like it's the fact that he was able to spend most of that in a day is why you shouldn't have told him but (laughs) And Ashley didn't even like him yesterday, so him taking advice from her is also very foolish and 16-year-old boy. (laughs) I just don't make it make sense.
1: (laughs) Well, we have to wait until next episode to find out how Joey reacts to that $4,000 purchase. So in the meantime, let's find out how the A plot carries out. A lot lengthier than our B plot. Yeah. This episode began with the now great 10 gang christening Spinner's new car, the Mobile. <laughs> Spinner saved for his car and purchased it from none other than Joey Jeremiah, which explained to me why Craig was present. Because at first I was like, why would he bring Craig and like nobody else? But that's why. To celebrate the purchase of his new car, Spinner tells Pace they're going to the drive-in theater that night, but not until after he uses some breath spray, Perry Page's request. We said that man smells.
0: Right. You don't have to be there to know that he smells. That is so gross. <laughs> and like, he's also growing his hair out and he's either doing like the
1: wet look or his hair is just greasy.
0: Yeah, I'm going to lean on the side of greasy. And at this point, is he purposely trying to look like Dylan? Because he really does now. <laughs> like, Look, I don't want to be racist. It's going to come off <laughs> as racist.
1: So I'm just going to say that. I work at a school with students who are not black, but not white. Um so I, to save my identity somewhere in the non-white, non-black in between. With finer textured hair, but can be curlier. And we get we do this thing in this country where everybody loves trying to be black, right? We see that this mm-hmm. is what black girls are using. So we want to use that in our hairs. That we know that's what happened with Miel. We know that's what happened with Shea Moisture. And to a certain extent, like, yeah, y'all can use these hair products. If you are not white and you have curlier, thicker, less, more coarse hair, I get it. But like, like sparingly. Mm -hmm. So my students kind of go through a phase where they think that they need to oil up their hair. (laughs) And this is what Spinner's look is giving me. Like when my students, (laughs) I I forget which one it was, who was like, yeah, I put all this coconut oil in my hair. And I was like, child, your hair is like. Type three at best. No, no, what's happening here? So that's what Spinner's hair is good giving me. Like he must've gotten some meal, Rosemary oil, <laughs> Shea moisture before it got gentrified, something.
0: You know what's so wild about that? This is a tangent, but literally, Shea Moisture products do not work in my hair anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll read all these reviews about how it's good for my hair texture. I've been through like three conditioners and deep conditioners, and they all suck. And I also tried Miel for the first time the other day. And I mean, that whole like rosemary thing is fairly new. So you would think like they haven't changed anything yet. Their products don't work for my hair yet either. So, like, I haven't found Mm -hmm. a good product from them. Y'all are ruining everything. Please stop. Right. My God. (laughs) Please stop
1: gentrifying our damn products. I used to be that girl for Shea Moisture and then they got gentrified and I never looked
0: back. Don't. Yeah, it's not worth it. But yeah, that's the vibe spinners on. He could really use maybe a hairstylist that knows his texture and can tell him to stop throwing oil in it. (laughs) Oh,
1: so gross. Okay. So let's go back to where we are. So even though I've seen this episode a hundred times. Why did I still get, like, surprised that the police arrived to Paige's house to give Spinner... Like, I thought they were there to give Spinner a ticket, but that's not the case. The yeah. The police are, show up to Paige's house to serve her papers for an upcoming court trial regarding the charges against Dean. I guess... I was confused as to why they were served to Paige and not her parents, but I don't know when you become legally... I don't think you... Okay, I... I don't think she's legally an adult, but I know that they were talking in the subreddit about kind of the age of consent, so I don't know which Mm. years are different for kids in Canada. But either way, like, I thought that would have gone to her parents. Anyway. Yeah, I
0: didn't know that they were arriving at her house. So, again, I've seen this episode before, too, but it didn't hit me that that's where they were doing it. At first, I also thought they were just randomly pulled over, and I was like, that's weird. Then I realized that they were at her house. Yeah. Still surprised. But,
1: yeah, yeah. So... The summoning is clearly going to reopen a wound for Paige, which had finally begun to heal a little bit, if not all all the way. Obviously, it was two seasons ago, Mm -hmm. but she had started, I feel like, healing a little bit. The gang is at the movies, Marco, Jimmy, Hazel, Spinner, Paige, and you may not have noticed, but the car next to Spinner's vehicle was rocking back and forth.
0: I did not notice that. (laughs) It was.
1: Spinner's about to be an asshole, but I see why he's annoyed. He's stuck in the back seat with Hazel and Jimmy, who are going at it. And Paige is in the front seat with Marco. I would want to fight this, too. Why are y'all getting it on in my back seat? And I'm stuck back here with y'all. Yeah. This, like, this is my plan.
0: Uh, you guys need anything? You know, keep up your energy. or fluids.
1: Tell me that line didn't give you mad, mean girls energy before, like, mean girls was a thing. Wait, Absolutely. when did mean girls drop? Two thousand four,
0: 2003. Wow. I mean, that could have been a nod to Mean Girls. I believe it. I would believe it because Mean Girls was iconic. Right. <laughs> <You know sighs> <anything?
1: laughs> so Spinner tries to get romantic with Paige, but she immediately rebuffs his advances and pulls Marco out of the car to essentially save herself from Spinner in a stank-ass breath. But question. <laughs> in this moment, not knowing what you know moving forward, Do you think that Spinner is wrong?
0: No, I would say no, because now now I can't remember who initiated. You literally just said it. Who initiated the date or that they were going to go to a drive-in? Spinner did to celebrate his car. Okay. Yeah, no. (laughs) I I don't know, because Marco was technically the fifth wheel. So I don't think Spinner is wrong. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know.
1: I mean, I think you might say he's wrong because he can't read the room, but Spinner has historically been emotionally unintelligent and Paige presumably hasn't voiced her concerns about, hello, just got, like, summoned for this. Yeah. And he's 16, so why would Spinner's dumbass realize that her receiving that summoning might put her in, like, a funk? He did not add it all up. He was just trying to, like, be close with his girlfriend. I would expect an adult to maybe put two and two together, Mm -hmm. which many of them cannot, as we know. Yeah, So like I'm not going to hold Spinner to that standard.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good point. I had a similar comment like moving down the line, but I guess I didn't even consider that like he doesn't know yet. And again, she's just kind of dealing with it, too. And to him, what he does know is that she the last we know of it, she was in therapy, so he probably doesn't think it's a big deal. He probably is just like, oh, like it's finally happening. You knew it was going to happen. It's an assumption. People shouldn't make assumptions, but of course they do. And he just thought he was going to go on a date and make out with his girlfriend. All right. So, Spinner's been... Oh, sorry. The next day,
1: the grade 11s are helping Dylan move into college. Of course, his honey, Marco, is present for the occasion. (laughs) I learned that Dylan is moving in on Labor Day in Canada, which was on September 4th in 2022. I did not realize that they had the same holiday by the same name in Canada. Either way, Dylan going to college apparently affords the new... Crew VIP invites to college parties, so they happily help. Spinner has evidently been pouting this whole day, so Paige calls him on it. He complains that every time he tries to spend time with her, she invites a bunch of people to join. Paige tries to pretend that this is normal because Dylan's moving and Marco is his boyfriend, but I'm pretty sure Paige knew exactly what Spinner meant. He invited her to the movies last night, and that's exactly how everyone else ended up in his car. We're never alone. Okay, you make
0: me feel like some kind of leopard.
1: Paige continues to be wrong because instead of responding to Spinner's very valid (sighs) critique, she corrects him. The word is leper spin. Like, not the point, Paige.
0: No, not at all. And he's actually, like, voicing how he feels, too. You know, that's hard for men, let alone a 16-year-old boy. So, yeah.
1: So Paige assures Spinner that it won't always be like this and that she'll be okay once the trial is over. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think either one of them is wrong. I think in an ideal world, they would have broken up so Paige could have worked through this on her own and Spinner could find someone who can give him that affection that he does deserve. He, Like, he's not wrong to want to spend alone time with his girlfriend. But if Degrassi didn't put two people who were both wrong together, then <laughs> what will we be watching right now?
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. I really, this whole episode just thought that they will get there. But I just had a whole feeling that it was going to end, like, permanently. Right.
1: So Paige walks off and sees Dean, which leads her to having a flashback. Dean has a fucking audacity to tell Paige that it was a mistake. And if he could go back, he would have stopped. But he needs her to drop the charges so they can both move on.
0: Fuck you.
1: Oh, truthfully looking ass bitch
0: ain't that some shit no literally like wholeheartedly we know that he's garbage terrible person but like if you had forgotten anything the last because we haven't seen him in like two seasons it's a very quick reminder it's just like are you really like trying to coerce her into not going to trial to spare you like no one should spare you in this situation they should actually throw you under the jail yeah, fuck you man
1: it's the first day of school, so rewind a little, and Ellie greets Paige with a compliment, so I guess there are no flash forward. I guess they're friends now. Paige hits us with her iconic line, new year, new look, new Paige, and she is dressed like Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Alex, who is a friend of Sean and Jay's girlfriend, maybe, uses this as an opportunity to mock Paige, and I'm not really sure why, like Alex just be talking shit about people and I
0: I get not liking people but I don't get talking shit so overtly right yeah she honestly is always like anytime you do hear her talk she's just talking shit <laughs> and it's never really provoked like we still don't understand that whole beef with Emma <laughs> like where did yeah, that come I from I don't
1: I don't and we all can understand not liking Emma I just don't understand being <laughs> overtly mean like just don't speak to her
0: yeah, I guess I'm more surprised that like Ellie and Alex are now friends, but I'm assuming they were actually still spending time together over the summer, even though that whole party thing happened. Yeah, I don't understand. So,
1: anyway, Paige finds Spinner with Jimmy debating on which stars he should use to decorate his locker. Jimmy, the good friend that he is, remembers that Paige has an upcoming court date, which Paige says she won't be attending. For whatever reason, this really grinds Spinner's gears. He storms off and says that he can't do this anymore. After school, Paige catches Spinner and tries to downplay the harm of that evening. Spinner is clearly upset because Paige promised that after the trial, things would be okay. But clearly the trial isn't going to happen. So things are never going to be okay. We got a lower expectation, Spinner. She has been through some serious trauma. But kids be stupid and so do adults.
0: So, Yeah, and it literally is like you are reminded in this moment that she's what just turned 16 probably so she was or was she 16 when it happened like that's young in general so like she would never ever be ready to face it and i'm sure she's been working to do so but it's still a shock and like you kind of said earlier it's like it's clear that she's dealing with the aftermath of it like years later and it's obviously more like you notice it more as a viewer versus like being in her circle of friends, but like you can see her pulling away from her relationship. And it's just like, if you were in the shoes of her friends, you probably wouldn't know any different. Cause you more than likely don't know anyone that had openly told you what they had been through. Like pages, probably mm-hmm. a lot of their first friends, to have had that happen to her their first experience with having to like identify it and like deal with that so no one knows how to help her and no one's like really able to communicate anything so what we're seeing is spinner just really reacting to it and Paige not being like willing to address it
1: so shout out to degrassi for giving us an avenue to learn this through their relationship so we could ideally do better for our own friends in real
0: life honestly
1: Paige promises spinner some alone time probably at the ravine that night and spinner can't turn down a good offer they're making out and Paige is trying to stall and distract him but it's not working Paige freaks out and spinner comforts her and tells her that he'll go with her to the trial it's time for the trial and it almost goes exactly how you would expect it to go it is a shame that they have so few black people in this show but they do have a black woman defending dean always gotta make us be the villains
0: yeah that's but interesting
1: I will say that, unfortunately, the case goes how it really does go in real life. Not necessarily, Mm -hmm. it's like, lawyers are just garbage. Like, you are going to find people in positions that should have the capacity to empathize with the victim or survivor, whichever terminology you're using, still representing garbage. They present the issue as if Paige is at fault for the transgression because she didn't fight back. Paige tells a very compelling argument that she did say no, but the lawyer defending him basically says that Paige only changed her mind because she was rejected by Dean. And ultimately, Dean is found guilty, not guilty, and Paige is visibly crushed. And so we move into part two of the
0: episode. Bitch, that was tough. That was like literally the fact that the justice system across the board is trash. And again, this is early 2000s. It's so, it sucks to say that this is still how it goes a lot of the times today. Like, not very much has changed in this sense. Like, uh, Degrassi was always, like, ahead of its time, and this is the reality. So you can, like, I can appreciate Degrassi for being realistic about it, though, because, again, this happens more often than not. I don't want to
1: get too political, but I am going to say it that a lot of the times when we talk about Black-centered issues, most people, Most people who are like deep into it will say the system is working exactly how it is designed to work. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. designed to get out of it. You're not designed to actually receive justice for crimes. And I want to say that it is the same in this case. We know that um, basically that people who commit crimes such as especially of this nature Mm -hmm. are going to get off for it because. The way our system works is you got to prove it beyond reasonable doubt and you're Mm -hmm. not going to have a video even when you Mm -hmm. do apparently have a video that still doesn't work. What it is is one person's word against another person's words and their lawyer's ability to vilify, vilify? whatever, Mm -hmm. make the other person look like garbage. And it's not necessarily anything about justice. It's not. And yeah. so that's how so many people get off for these types of crimes, because, I mean, it honestly feels like it's working exactly how it was designed to work, because think of who were the people who created it.
0: Mm-hmm. What did they look like? Yeah, so. that's the part that's messed up, too, because in Paige's case, it's just her. And then again, there have been cases where there's multiple women and it still doesn't make a difference. Hmm. That is terrible. It's uh, again, a heavy episode, but unfortunately yeah. realistic as well
1: yeah which kills me because then again it's like you know the question is always well why did you come forward bitch because people do it all the time and nobody listens and everybody makes them out to be a horrible person why because this is exactly how it's designed to work
0: you're right. not designed
1: to win when it comes to these type of crimes because just how the legal system goes i guess
0: Sorry. yeah unfortunately
1: all right, so we're going to cleanse our palettes with a little pl- B-plot from episode two. Were y'all wondering how that situation with Craig and the guitar went? Well, you're about to find out. Craig arrives home with Ashley to remind Joey of her existence. Funny, because Craig refers to Ashley as a bad influence, and I'm pretty sure we can all see that Craig was a problem. As always. Craig shows off his new guitar to Joey, who is floored to find out how much Craig spent on his guitar. Joey tells Craig, enjoy it. And he leaves the room. Joey was not wrong for being pissed about how Craig spent that money, but he is wrong for what he's about to do, in my opinion. Mm Because he then, like, turns to Craig and he starts asking Craig to help out a little bit more with rent because, you know, his dad's estate doesn't cover Craig's expenses. Something interesting about this conversation is that we find out that Joey heats his garage for Craig. For which... We know he didn't last season because both Ashley and Mandy complained about it being cold in there.
0: Mm, this is something that he picked up more recently.
1: <laughs> Craig asked Joey if he would ever ask Angie for money, accusing Joey of treating Craig differently because he's not his biological son. We later see that Craig left Joey's to stay with Sean. And when Craig returns home after Mr. Simpson like guilts him at school, Joey admits to Craig that he might lose his business and he didn't want to tell Craig originally and make him worry because he's trying to be the dad. He admits that it was wrong of him to hit Craig up for cash. He doesn't want to sell his dealership because he wants to leave it to Craig if he needs one day. To demonstrate that Joey does view Craig as a son-like figure.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I went back and forth about if he was wrong or not. Yeah. I mean, he does, and he still does technically get money to take care of Craig, so it's difficult. I mean, it'd be different if he would have just told Craig that he was struggling and, like, encouraged Craig to maybe pay for the things that he does on the side. So, like, you want to go to the movies? Like, find a way to pay for that. I agree. Craig just got $10,000. You won't need to work. Like, if he knew that before, you know what I mean? Like, literally just spend your own money on activities, and, like, I will continue to try to take care of the house.
1: Right. Right. I agree. It's, yeah. I mean, and I don't know if they do like allowances, but that would get
0: rescinded. You yeah. Can, you're old enough. I'm providing food and shelter. Like you can do whatever you want on the side with your money. But it's also, this makes sense because that's probably why he wanted Caitlin to move in with him. Right. Broke ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So to part A of our episode, Paige is obviously upset about the result of her trial and Marco shows up to provide some comfort he empathizes with her about his gay bashing incident from season 2 he tells Paige that he can't let Dean control her and Paige is like sir the trial was 3 hours ago can you like can I sulk a little bit
0: they really put that into perspective there cause they were trying to rush her like that makes sense
1: right like yes this is I, like, I don't know it's hard The words are true, but give her time, space and grace.
0: Yeah, you see that she's had time and it still did not work out well in her favor. She still wasn't ready for it. So why do you think she'd be over what just happened before dinner? (laughs) Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, because time waits for
1: no one, Terry. It is party time. And so they got to go out to the club or to the college party.
0: Mm -mm. but as
1: expected Paige is like a wet blanket at the party she's visibly pissed she's on edge she tries to start a fight with some girl and hazel has to stop it from happening Then she runs off and lets some random guy lick salt from her neck so he can take a shot and chase it with the i said a limon so i don't know what language (laughs) i think i'm speaking which she was holding in her mouth spinner sees this from the background and he is pissed he pulls Paige upstairs to what I assume is Dylan's college dorm and she tells him that she's easy. So he should he could take he should take what he wants. Spinner does not take Paige up on this offer. He doesn't say anything that great, like cause he tells her, let it go. Mm-hmm. Obviously not acceptable. But like this is the premise of the talkspace commercials that your friends aren't your therapist and your friends who are in high school with you and are emotionally stunted absolutely are not your therapists.
0: Yeah again what we just talked about you don't expect paige's friends to know the signs but i so badly hate it that they took her to a party like one of y'all could have just said hey let's stay home and watch movies tonight because to me like my thought process is taking her to the same like space almost that it like happened is probably triggering like i don't know that i would have had to had a I don't know I can't speak like that I guess I shouldn't say that but I don't know if I would have been like oh this is a great place for her to be like I think I would have just been like oh do you want to be alone or do you want your friends to come over or something because this atmosphere is not it right I
1: don't like how do we get here nobody's supposed to be here
0: yeah you're all also underage too actually so you're really not supposed to be here actually so you could have just been home right
1: So Paige and Spinner get into a fight and Spinner leaves the room. So Paige has the impulsive idea to take Spinner's car without permission. Jimmy is discussing being scouted. Wow, he was really done dirty by Rick. With Spinner, when Hazel inquires about Paige's whereabouts, Hazel's worried, but those raggedy-ass men don't care. Mm. Paige lies her way into the fraternity party where Dean is pledging and announces to the entire room that Dean raped her after he refuses to talk to her. Dean then pulls Paige outside, for which she tells him outright, You raped me. This man leans on his fancy new car and he taunts her. He admits what he did and then he accuses Paige of wanting more. It's super triggering. So I really hope that those of you who listened to the trigger warning at the beginning, if you needed to tap out, you did. Cause like I read it and Mm -hmm. I'm just
0: pissed. Yeah.
1: Like his behavior is just vile. And I hope men and men like him just die. I am glad, however, that they did not try to humanize Dean like that shitty ass mm-hmm. 13 Reasons Why show. Like, <sighs> I forgot they let that. him be a villain. And I like that.
0: Yeah, right. That's what he is. Like, own it. Like, that's what people like that should do if you're going to be a terrible human. Like, and again, I don't so know bad. if we ever
1: saw him again, but we definitely never saw him again for a redemption arc. So I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. Whew.
1: So Paige hops into Spinner's car and she crashes it into Dean's car. Spinner tells Paige to get out so he can take the blame for her crime.
0: What do you think about Paige crashing into Dean's car with Spinner's? I think in this moment, I think two things, right? So like her not knowing how to deal with the trauma and like it resurfacing for her, like all the aftermath and all the decisions she's starting to make, like are quickly starting to affect those around her. Like it's not just about her anymore had she made a solo decision i'd be here for it, right Had she just picked up a brick and threw it through his windshield i'd be all for it because that's your like you wanted to do that it's not your mm-hmm. partner's car who literally just paid for it out of pocket who's a teenager like it's the fact that she used spinner's car to do it i'm not mad at the act because f dean like i probably would have ran him over if i'm being honest but i think there were other ways to go about it without involving other people in it because i think that's the issue now
1: yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I
0: wish he had, had just thrown a brick and bust the windows out of his car. Yeah, like, because rightfully so. Some sugar in the tank, something like that. But, like, mm-hmm. now you're involving Spinner and it's just too much. And it's not Spinner's fault. You know, it's not her fault either, but it's just like this is something that you are trying to deal with and now you're dragging, like, people into it negatively. Yeah.
1: I agree. The next day, Paige is in Miss Silvey's office. She's in brighter spirits. I can't believe her parents let her go to a college party on a school night. Paige (laughs) tells Spinner that she'll...
0: I'll get a job, okay?
1: I'll give you the money to fix it, whatever it takes. They think they're so slick slipping that one in here. But anyway, (laughs) as she says this, Spinner is called outside to be arrested for
0: his alleged hit and run.
1: Now, why did Spinner call Paige for his one phone call?
0: I didn't get that.
1: Spinner tells Paige that he's going to take credit for the accident because she spent three up. You know, I remember Spinner being so much more of an asshole in this episode, but he's actually been quite sweet aside from their fight. Like, that one yeah.
0: fight.
1: After he was rightfully pissed, like...
0: Yeah, literally, though. Wow, he's being pretty stand-up in this episode, aside from, like, the little things, obviously. But my, my other thought process with this, too, is, like... If this were real jail, you know they record those conversations and Paige just admitted to it over the phone. Right. <laughs> but yes, I appreciate him for doing that, even though he could have waited to tell her later. But amateur move, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And you know we all learned that. Didn't we learn that from that last trial that was all up?
0: Exactly. That's why it's I'm literally so like stupid. Fresh on my mind, you are an idiot to have a conversation like that. How, How many think you're gonna get using? off?
1: catch themselves admitting to
0: crimes on that phone like dummies so many and that's why they give that has to be the reason why they give the one phone call are you kidding Ma'am, me are you painting your nails oh no i'm putting cuticle oil on them <laughs> okay i was like what is happening right now <laughs> but yeah people be stupid and that's how you get caught up and end up in jail for 23 years or whatever it is
1: mm-hmm. paige shows up to the police station and she admits to dean that she did it and she's gonna confess. Dean complains that he wasn't allowed into the fraternity because of Paige, and Paige tells him that she doesn't give a fuck about him or his problems, <laughs> so he can fuck off. Not exactly what she said, but it's the gist. Close Paige lost. She ends up losing her license for and it has about a year of community service. She says, "All but I'm sorry," but it's clear that she was listening to Spinner's complaints. She invites him to a drive-in movie in his car, and I guess we end this episode with the two of them still together. But Paige is going to wish she broke up with Spinner when she had the chance. Let me tell you. Oof.
0: Did he wait? Did he really try to go to school with the car, like missing windows and stuff like that? Like, why was that normal? You can't drive like that. Somebody make it make sense. Yeah. And then she also like, I don't know how to fix cars, so I shouldn't judge. But I just feel like the whole wrench thing, like, what was he finna use a wrench for? Like Like, like, I have no idea. Bumper was missing. What the hell is that wrench gonna do? I I don't know. (laughs) I don't. That was so funny. But yeah. So for
1: So for the moral, I basically said, I don't know. I said the legal system's garbage and so you gotta take matters into your own hands. But I do not think that was the intended takeaway
0: yeah I struggle to find like a moral too, like I was trying to err on the side of like like just take back your narrative or like own it for yourself, like do what you have to do to make it yours and to not make it about like the other person, but I don't know this was a tough one. like I literally had to process this episode <laughs> yesterday because I was like, this is a lot like I don't know mm-hmm. what the moral was, honestly, aside from men suck and throw them under the jail like
1: it It's like somewhere in here, maybe there's like a lesson about empathy, but I just, Mm -hmm. I have a hard time saying that her friends should have been better. They should have been when I know so many adults are so bad. Right. So shoulda, coulda, woulda, but they're not even as adults. So where are we at?
0: Yeah. And again, we're also in a time where all this stuff is more openly talked about for sure. So could you imagine what it was like to talk about, like, these type of subjects, like, in the early 2000s when it wasn't normalized the way it is now? I mean,
1: even, like, pre-Me Too. And I'm not saying that post-Me Too, oh, we're so revolutionized and everybody gets the justice. No. Not not at at all. all. Mm -hmm. But I think I've noticed when I was younger, and I remember some really popular trials regarding celebrities and what they may or may not have done. And... As my young brain, a lot of the talk about it is always questioning the person, the woman who went against whatever celebrity male it is, and talking trash about them. And Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of sexism, a lot of misogyny, and a lot of blaming of the person. Mm -hmm. But since I don't know if it's because we have evolved because I've just matured, But Mm. now the conversation more so around us, like, nah, they did it. They did it. And even if they didn't do it, we know that most people don't lie. So, like, the odds are that if somebody's saying you did something, you very likely did do something.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So the conversation seems to have changed. And I'm not sure if the conversation has changed because I'm older and I am more mature. So the people around me are also more mature and saying more different things or right. if it's because we have just become better aware
0: of having these conversations yeah definitely so i guess i,
1: I gotta ask a young person
0: right yeah because i could see both sides of that honestly yeah, yeah that's a good point they should st- honestly again they could still show this degrassi episode in schools today and it's still relevant and the truth about a lot the way a lot of things are handled
1: yeah I think it probably might be a little demoralizing in that people would see it and say, why would we ever tell?
0: Mm, That's true. That's true, too. There's like a fine line.
1: I don't even know what the takeaway message of that would be because, yeah, why would you?
0: Yeah. Mm, That's dark. That is. Yeah, I just try to think back to the fact that one of the first Degrassi episodes I saw was Shout and that it just made it. Like a topic for me to know about, which I think is really important. So maybe not this episode, but maybe the.
1: But I think shout is a very good episode. Yeah, and just the conversation that Hazel said and the support she gave to Paige, some really good. I mean, that was some really good friendship. And sometimes you need your friend to tell you when something is not right, because a lot of the times, not in this case necessarily, but I mean, in this case it happened. But you think about all the people who grew up with specifically that you're seeing, like toxic or traumatic households who didn't realize mm-hmm. that everyone doesn't have to tiptoe around their houses and close mm-hmm. the refrigerator super quietly or other such things. That's not normal. And people realize mm-hmm. that. So I think that this is a good episode just to show a good supportive of friendship. Shout.
0: Yeah. Shout. This us. One,
1: mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know the takeaway message. I don't know if it's, it's dark and realistic. And so we're going to have to go with our next undergrassy to end on a high note. (laughs) Next undergrassy, Marco has a lot on the line when his unexpected competitor threatens to reveal his secret to his homophobic father. Damn, we were supposed to end on a high note. Meanwhile, although she doesn't want Chris back, Emma tries to make sure he doesn't end up with anyone else. Okay, I mean, that's not a high note, but it's definitely a light topic note, right? Much lighter. that wraps this week's episode of below the dot podcast if you enjoyed your listen please tell a friend to tell a friend to hold you over between episodes you can follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok under some derivative of the username below the dot feel free to reach out with any questions comments or concerns on either of our social media accounts or email us at whatever it takes at at gmail.com thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week whatever it takes